Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Beef Up Front podcast here on PickSwap Media. This is your host, Ryan Coyle. Uh, second to last division in our NFL divisional preview series that I've been doing here. Did all the NFC teams so far have done the AFC East, AFC North as well. Tonight, we'll be getting into the AFC South as I have my Todd Gurley old Ram shirt on tonight. Um, whatever happened to Todd Gurley is, is a good question. Um, one of the better running backs of my young lifetime and now just out of the league. So uh, besides that, we're, we're, we're here hitting the South today. Um, last year's number one seed out of the AFC was the Tennessee Titans. They fell short in the divisional round against the Cincinnati Bengals, who went on to win the Super or excuse me, win the AFC and advance to the Super Bowl. Um, and tonight we'll be getting into the rest of the AFC South, including the Titans with the Colts, the Jags, and the Texans. Jags had the number one pick last year. Um, so this is an interesting division. I think on paper it might be the least talented, but there's certainly a lot of storylines and stuff to watch in this division going forward. I'm going to break that all down for you tonight. So um, let's get into it. We got Indianapolis Colts finishing in first place in the division, going 11-6, and 4-2 uh, and two in the division, and that'll earn them the three seed, in my opinion, in the AFC this year. Um, you look at this offense, fifth straight year with a new starting quarterback, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, and now you have Matt Ryan. There was another guy in that mix somewhere as well. Um, Matt Ryan, former longtime quarterback of the Falcons, is has, a I think, his best team in a few years now uh, with a nice semblance of weapons around him, starting with Michael Pittman Jr., who I think is going to be one of the top 10 fantasy football receivers this year. You look at Matt Ryan's track record, hitting his like number one target, those guys get fed the ball a lot. So, um He's easily going to see over 100 targets this year, probably over like 140, 150, I think. Um, Paris Campbell in the slot can be electric, former receiver at Ohio State, but he's just really struggled to stay on the field. Sounds like he's been able to stay healthy, though, throughout training camp and this offseason. So look look for him to be an underrated weapon for this Colts team this year. And then watch out for Alex, Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati on the outside is another weapon that could emerge and be effective. I was watching a lot of quarterback film leading up to the draft. So I watched, I think, three Cincinnati games uh, with for Desmond Ritter. And Alec Pierce just kept making play after play down the field. He was able to separate. He was able to go up and make contested catches. This is a guy who can really play football. He really resembles like a, a Cooper Cup type of guy out there. So watch out for him. He's like a dark horse fantasy guy, I think, I think too, that you might be able to get at the end of your drafts. That could be a really effective guy and like one of those league-winning type of players. So watch out for Alec Pierce this year. I'm, I'm really high on him. And let's not forget about Jonathan Taylor, arguably the best running back in the league right now. He can run between the tackles, run outside, has great speed, catch the ball as well. And then Matt Ryan loves throwing to the running back. So Jonathan Taylor – um, is going to be most likely the first pick overall in a lot of your fantasy drafts. So he's he's really going to benefit if that's a PPR league, I think, as well. But then you throw in Naheem Hines, who can go out and play the slot and play on, on passing downs. He's a really effective, like, speed uh, receiving kind of back. So watch out for Naheem Hines as well this year. And then Ali, uh, Mo Ali cox I think he's ready to take another leap at that tight end spot. And then their offensive line is solid. This used to be a top-five group. I don't think they're as good in years past. But they still have Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, man in the interior. Matt Pryor starting at left tackle is a little concerning to me. Eric Fisher still out there as a free agent. He played for the Colts last year. So maybe if they get out of the gate with a little bit of a slow start, we could see them bring in uh, back Eric Fisher. I, I saw they brought back Dennis Kelly today, too. Maybe he will slide in at tackle eventually. 
but the offensive line isn't as good as before, but still a pretty solid unit up front, better than what Matt Ryan's been dealing with over the past few seasons, and he's still produced at a pretty high level. You look at the defense, I think this has been an overrated unit for the past few years, and I think, I think that kind of led to Matt Eberflus getting the head coaching job in Chicago. Statistically, they would like rank out well, but I feel like against the big teams and in the big moments, they kind of they kind of uh, faltered a little bit. I guess you could say this is a team that plays really, really hard. That was kind of their identity on identity on the, the defensive side of the ball, despite not being the most talented. But they still have some pretty strong players. I think they benefit from being in over the past few years a pretty weak division as well. But this defense has two blue chip players on it. With uh, Shaq Leonard, I believe he's going by now, instead of Darius in the middle at linebacker. Recording this on Wednesday, uh, August 31st. This was like his first day back at practice. He's been dealing with a calf injury. And then uh, DeForest Buckner on the defensive line, one of the better defensive tackles in the entire NFL. Uh, Pay is, is coming for a big second year, it sounds like. The noise out of camp, a real disruptive player on that defensive line. They're former first-round pick out of Michigan. And then see what you can get from Yannick Ngakwe. He's kind of been like an every-other-year type of guy in his career where he'll have a really nice season, have some good moments, and then next year kind of falter a little bit and, and return back to the norm. He had a solid year for the Raiders last year. Let's see if they can carry it over. I think they might look to add another pass rusher because this is a team in, like, win-now mode. So you get a few weeks into the season uh, if an injury occurs or just uh, one of these teams who looks like they're headed down the wrong path this year have an extra pass rusher. I could uh, definitely see Chris Ballard giving up some draft capital going forward to get a guy that can come in and help this team right away. Um, Gilmore and Savon Gilmore at outside corner, and then Kenny Moore in the nickel is are very good players. The other outside corner, though, to be decided, Julian Blackman, a very good young safety. And then you got veteran Rodney McLeod back there who's with the Eagles for the past five or six years. He's a, a really solid player still. You got him in the full now back there. This is a unit that plays hard, plays together, and they're going to play some pretty good defense. I think they're, you could label them, though, as a group of overachievers, but I'm never going to fault people for for putting in effort and just trying hard and playing together, um, especially when it translates to on-field success. I just think eventually their, their talent kind of catches up to them, and that's why we've seen them come up short some of these years despite having uh, some really good regular seasons. Head coach Frank Wright, I think it's kind of put up or shut up for him. Uh, time this year. This roster is widely regarded uh, and constructed as one of the the top overall rosters in the entire NFL. Everyone always puts him in like that top 10, maybe even top five ranking, and he hasn't had any playoff success really. Um, when you got a veteran quarterback like Matt Ryan, who only has a, a few good years left probably in his football career, you're expecting, you're expecting uh, some playoff success out of him. So look for Frank Wright to either have some good playoff successes here or the Colts potentially move on. Breakout player, talked about him a little bit earlier, wide receiver Alec Pierce. I think he is a day-one starter, just a real savvy player, real good route runner, comes from a pro system with Cincinnati. He's going to be ready to go and I think earn the trust from Matt Ryan from day one and be a, a big-time contributor for the Colts. And then two games to watch, we got week four versus the Titans. We'll get into the Titans next. I think that's their biggest competition in the division. And then week 16 versus the Chargers, we haven't got to the AFC West yet. That'll be our final episode before we get into the playoff bracket, but I Spoiler, I, th I have the Chargers making the playoffs, so I think th these will be two teams like competing for seeding at that time of the year, uh, a late Week 16 game, a potential playoff matchup as well there. We'll get into the Titans now, going 10-7, and 4-2 in the division, and that is not good enough to make the playoffs. I had the Dolphins at the same record, so we'll see, I guess, uh, how many teams I have from the AFC West making the playoffs if you've been adding them up. 
you look at the offense, Ryan Tannehill, kind of a little Ryan Tannehill hate from me right here to start off this episode, but he's back as the starting quarterback after throwing three interceptions, including the game losing interception as a one seed in the playoffs at home against the Bengals, where your team sacked the opposing quarterback, Joe Barrow, nine times. Uh, that's just a big yikes. He had a, a real rough like offseason. He had to apparently go see therapy and stuff. Apparently, he's got a, a clear headspace now. He's ready to go. But then you look at what the Titans did in the draft, drafting Malik Willis after he fell to them in the third round, and he came out and really impressed this preseason, and he appears to be waiting in the wings now. Um, and I expect that noise to heat up if Ryan Tannehill and the Titans offense starts out slow. Derrick Henry is back, though, uh, another year older, though. He will turn 29 during Week 18, so if he's make it, makes it to the playoffs, he'll be in that uh, year 29, approaching his 30s. So could be could we be seeing the end of like Derrick Henry's dominance? How effective will he be going forward? Uh, you have to wonder, especially coming off that major foot injury last year as well. But until proven otherwise, he's still a top five back in the NFL and maybe just the pure best pure overall rusher. Like the addition in the running back room of Michigan running back Hassan Haskins, he fits that hard downhill running style that Derrick Henry and the Titans really like to embrace. The receiving room has a big loss, losing A.J. Brown, and then as well as Julio Jones, who missed about half the season last year with injuries, just seems like he's been doing over the past few years, just breaking down. But still, that those are two guys you, you never really want exiting your receiver room. They go out, bring in Robert Woods, and then they draft Traylon Burks, who's like a – Supposed to be a clone of A.J. Brown in terms of just his ability to make plays after the catch and with the ball in his hands. But outside of those two, they really need someone else to step up. It's a, it's not a very deep receiver room. And then they have a pretty solid offensive line, one of the better groups in the AFC. I think you can say Taylor Lewan was an elite tackle. He's kind of dealt with uh, some drug issues, I believe, like PDs. I believe he was suspended for. And then he's had some injuries. Dylan Radnoons at uh, right tackle is a up, young and upcoming player. I think Ben Davis in the interior. This is an upper half of the league offensive line for sure. Um, just give Derrick Henry some space. I'll give him some holes, and he's going to find a, a way to make it work. Look at the defense. This is a really strong unit, and that's thanks to the group up front, a very, very talented group up there with a lot of high draft picks. Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best defensive players in football, a top five defensive tackle. He's a game wrecker up there. You also have Danico Walcher, who came over from the Colts last year, had a really nice first year. Bud Dupree, a nice pass rusher. Harold Landry, a guy I'm really high on. I believe he was my breakout player for this Titans team last year, and he had a nice year. Rashad Weaver, a second-year guy out of Boise State, another nice pass rusher. A bunch of guys get after the passer, and you saw that in that last year's nine-sack playoff performance against the Bengals, and they somehow still lost. So that was really baffling. Zach Cunningham, a nice uh, inside linebacker, formerly from the Texans, a guy I really like in the middle of this unit. And then looking for this young cornerback trio of Caleb Farley, Elijah Molden, and Christian Fulton to emerge as one of the better units in the NFL this season. They're a bunch of high draft picks with a lot of potential. Look for them to have a nice year. And then Kevin Byard is an elite ball hawking safety back there as well. This defense is really strong. Um, it's really It really was a coin flip between the Colts and the Titans for me. I wouldn't be surprised to see either team win the division, but I have the Colts just because I think their quarterback spot is a little better right now. Head coach Mike Vrabel. One of my probably top 10 coaches in the NFL. Just love what he does, love what he embraces, um, just his entire mindset. He's really built this Titans team up into a, a consistent playoff contender. Wasn't his fault that Ryan Tannehill went out there and threw three interceptions last year. He's a guy who I think is going to be a, a really successful coach in the NFL for a long time. And if things don't work out with Tannehill, it looks like he might have his next guy in the future with Malik Willis. My breakout player, we're going to go with an offensive lineman here with the offensive tackle, Dylan Red Nudes. Um, 
I think he's going to be a, a nice road grading type of player at right tackle. They're, they've kind of missed that presence at, at like a at a high level since Jack Conklin left. I think he's going to co- kind of come into his own this year and be one of the better offensive linemen or better offensive tackles in the AFC and kind of emerge as a elite tackle duo with Taylor Lewan and really help Derrick Henry get back on his feet this year. And then two games to watch. We're going to go week two at Buffalo. Um, these two teams are are very talented are viewed as, as kind of uh, two of these top teams in the AFC. So that'll be a fun game on Monday Night Football. And then week seven versus the Colts, as I talked about earlier with the Colts, that's their uh, – this is the Titans' home game against the Colts. So you got to win that one to uh, to keep pace on the division, I think. Third place now, we're going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars going 6-11 and and 2-4 and in the division. That doesn't make the playoffs, but certainly an upgrade from their season last year where they got the number one overall pick. Uh, could this be one of the surprise teams in the league this year? Usually we have that one team who really comes out of nowhere and, and emerges and really some people. I, me- I remember when the Eagles won the Super Bowl the year before they were seven and nine. Next year they're winning the Super Bowl. Bengals last year coming off, I believe, a four-win season, go to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm thinking in year two for Trevor Lawrence with an improved roster, uh, a nice stable head coach in there now with Doug Peterson. They have a chance to make some noise if, if things shake right. I only have them going 6-11. and 11. I didn't have the, the guts to project them any higher and go to go be like a playoff team. But I'm looking at the Jets, Jags, and maybe even the Lions as uh, three potential teams to come from the basement and make some noise this year. But that it really is going to come down to Trevor Lawrence and his development. Can he improve from his 12 touchdowns, 17 interception rookie season? all rookie quarterbacks kind of go through their ups and downs. That was really poor statistic, statistical season. Peyton Manning had a very poor for, uh, rookie year stats-wise as well. And look how he turned now. It kind of just is your situation that you get thrown into. I think this year is definitely a better situation for him. Everything was against him last year between Urban Meyer, uh, injuries uh, amongst his teammates, lack of talent, all that kind of stuff. So this year he's suited for better success with a, he- a healthy Travis Etienne now in the fold. Sounds like James Robinson, who's been a really productive player since being an undrafted free agent, will be coming back soon from his Achilles injury. That'll provide a nice backfield. The offensive line has improved too, which I think was the biggest thing uh, this offseason that they needed to work on. Went out inside Brandon Sheriff, a Pro Bowl guard. Brought back uh, Cam Robinson as their left tackle. Jawan Taylor at right tackle. You got Walker Little as like the swing tackle back there as well. And then you uh, you also have some younger guys on, on the interior who have some room for growth and at the center spot and the guard spot with Fortner and Shatley. But this is a decent group, not the best, but certainly improved from the year before. Could be worse. Veteran receivers with Marvin Jones and Zay Jones as stable wideouts on the outside. Christian Kirk got a bag. He got He's getting paid $18 million a year coming from the Cardinals. He's You look for him to have a big year and get fed touches because when you pay a guy that much money, you're going to do everything you possibly can to get him the ball. So especially look for him to be a – like he was in Arizona, a real good downfield stretcher with that speed. And then I like Evan Ingram to have a bit of a revival here at tight end and look for Dan Arnold, uh, former tight end with the Panthers and the Cardinals. I believe he might've been on last year. He had some good moments with the Panthers a few years ago. Look for both of these guys to have a, a pretty nice season and some pretty nice roles in Doug Pierce in the offense where they featured a lot of two tight end looks with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz over the past few years with Philadelphia defense. Number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, headlines this group. Haven't heard much from him like this offseason. He's kind of been like the most like quiet, like number one pick, I think you'd say. Um, but I think that's good because some of the times reporters like to really like hype stuff up or really overplay stuff. 
it, it just kind of seems like he's been like doing his job. I haven't heard that much about like Aiden Hutchinson either. And I think that these two guys are just going to be really, really solid football players. Might not be superstars, but uh, Walker, look for him to have a nice rookie year and, and a lot of opportunities right away. Josh Allen is a really good pass rusher, a double-digit sack type guy. Arden Key, a nice solid pickup coming over from the 49ers to rush the passer. And then a former first-rounder, Kalevon Chazon, has a decent season. He only has like, I think, two or three sacks in his two years in the NFL. If he's able to live up to that first round billing and use like those raw athletic traits that he has, this could be a, a really nice pass rush this year in Jacksonville. I'm worried about their down linemen up, up front on the defensive line, though, when it comes to defending the run. But coming off the edge, this could be a really nice group uh, in, in terms of rushing the passer. Love Devin Lloyd, the rookie linebacker from Utah in the middle. That was a good pick at the end of the first round. And I really like the secondary. This is a super underrated group. Looking at their depth chart, before going through the entire depth chart, I didn't really know that this defense had this much talent. This is another reason why I wouldn't be that surprised to see this team surprise and, and flirt with a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to make it. I have them only win six games, but Lawrence takes that leap, and this defense kind of lives up to the the hype of the, I guess you could say, their draft status and of some of these players. This could be a like an eight- or nine-win team maybe, just like I was saying about the Jets and the Lions. Um Really like the cornerback trio, though, of Shaquille Griffin and Tyus Campbell on the outside, and then Darius Williams from the Rams in the slot. Like the safety duo of Andre Sisco and Rayshon Jenkins as well. This is a defense, like I said a few times, could surprise us here and, and, and turn some heads. Head coach Doug Peterson, obviously I love him being an Eagles fan, uh, bringing us our first Super Bowl. I think he got the, the raw end of the deal with Philadelphia, and I think they just kind of decided after the whole Wentz, debacle they just wanted like a, a fresh slate a clean slate that's why they let go of peterson brought in sirianni i think doug peterson is going to be really good for trevor lawrence and he's going to get this jags organization stabilized and be in a playoff contender within the next uh one or two years maybe if all things shake right this year my breakout player would be easy to say trevor lawrence i think he has a, a much improved second year and kind of lives up to that first overall pick billing but we're going to go with linebacker devin lloyd out of utah i think he's a Guy who's going to play three downs from day one for this team. Really nice sideline to sideline speed. A bit undersized. That's the worry with him. But he's going to be a tackle machine if he's able to stay on the field and his size doesn't really catch up to him. Two games to watch. We're going to go week two versus the Colts at home. The Colts haven't won in Jacksonville, I believe, the last five years. Jags spoiled the Colts. Uh, playoff chances last year by beating them in that last game of the season. And then we got week 13 at the Lions. I think this is two games between two of my teams that – could potentially surprise last year's number one and two picks. I think that'll be a, a nice measuring stick game where, all right, how like far are we away from the playoffs when you when you look at both of these teams who were both picking in the top two last year or have some hope for the future, could see a bit of a revival coming up. So uh, I'm excited to see that game, especially that late in the season, kind of where those two teams are at. And then our fourth and final place uh, team in the AFC South this year is going to be the Houston Texans. Four and 13, two and four overall. I believe that makes two and four in the division. I believe that makes them my lowest ranked team in the AFC. And I think that would put them at third in the pecking order for the NFL draft behind the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you look at this offense, Davis Mills had some good moments as a rookie, as a quarterback, but I think he's a bit overhyped coming into the season. Some people are like penciling him in as the long-term guy, and I'm not really sold on that yet. He didn't have much around him, and, and he was able to go out there and throw for 16 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, while Trevor Lawrence, like we just talked about, only went for 12 and 17. But I don't really view him as the guy going forward in Houston, especially if they have this record with 
the quarterback class coming out where we're talking about guys like Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Those are four guys right there that are being talked about as potential number one overall picks that could be the new replacement for Davis Mills. But he had a nice year as a, a third-round pick coming in there starting. He bought himself another year this year as being the starter after that solid rookie campaign. But he doesn't really move the needle that much for me. I think he's just more of a, a placeholder for now. But we'll see if he's able to prove me wrong. You look at the running back position, Damian Pierce sounds like he could be the offensive rookie of the year. It sounds like he's going to be getting the lot, the Texan shares of carries um, in this in this offense from day one. Um, the the rookie out of Florida, watch out for him. It, it look for him as a, a potential fantasy guy because there's no real competition for him in the backfield right now. They they released Marlon Mack, David Johnson's gone. I mean Rex Burkhead's there. He's about 47 years old, so he's going to be getting touches early and often. Watch out for Damian Pierce to be one of those guys this year. And then looking at the offensive line on paper, not that bad. Solid offensive line. Tonsil isn't really a top five tackle, which he might have been at the beginning of his career, but he is a top 10 guy. Titus Howard holds his own over at right tackle. And then they took Kenyon Green with one of their first round picks this year, the guard out of AM. And then uh, Britt and Can have experience in this league, have made a lot of starts. This is a pretty decent group up front. I am worried about this, the, the players on the Brandon Cooks, he should go over 1,000 yards again. He's good old reliable. If he just is able to stay on the field for the whole season, even if he misses one or two games, just off pure targets alone, he's going to be getting the ball a lot. And Nico Collins, second-year wide receiver out of Michigan, could be in for a breakout season. Look for him, a, a bigger receiver, more of a like contested catch type guy to, to have some good moments this year. And then they really have nothing at tight end. This is a big, like I have in quotes, if offense, like if Mills takes a leap if Pierce is as good as advertised in his rookie year, if Brandon Cooks, who has been banged up from time to time, stays on the field. There's too many ifs around this team for me, and that's one of the main reasons why I have them only winning four games. When you look at the defense, they picked Derek Stingley, the cornerback out of LSU at number three. He's looked at as kind of this the cornerstone of this defense moving forward. They, they need him picking him up there to be like a Jalen Ramsey, like Darrell Revis-esque corner long-term for this team. He's looked great, apparently, though, since arriving in Houston after battling health injuries the past few years and some off-the-field stuff, everything going on at LSU uh, with, with a lot of turmoil there after they won the national title. He's uh, really looked look to regain his form, apparently. So, And outside of him, this defense very slim in talent when you look at the depth chart. I like the rookie safety, Jalen Petrie, out of Baylor. Maybe the secondary can provide a little bit of juice, make some exciting plays. Uh, Christian Kirksey, a pretty solid middle linebacker, but there's no pass rush there. The line is very weak. That's going to be the ultimate downfall of this team. Jerry Bear, longtime Bills pass rusher, don't really know how much he has left in the tank. The Eagles last year signed Ryan Kerrigan, the longtime really successful pass rusher in Washington, and I don't think he had a sack the entire regular season. I think he had like under 10 tackles. Just some of these guys, when, when they lose that juice and athleticism off the edge, which I think Hughes might have, that really is just the ultimate downfall of their playing career. So this defense really worries me, and I think it could be one of the bottom five units, but they do have longtime head coach, which we're about to get into, Lovey Smith. He's he's known for his defense. See if he's able to work some some miracles. Not the biggest fan of this hire, um, especially after they fired David Coley after only one year where they found a way to win four games, and I thought that team had the potential to go like 1-16, 0-17, 2-15, like one of those records. They, they found a way to win four games. And then you you pivot to Lovey Smith, who's been, <clears throat> excuse me, now a two-time head coach in the NFL with the Bears. We took the Super Bowl, the Bucs. That was kind of a, a failed experiment. And then he coaches alma mater with Illinois, and he and he struggled there as well. So 
Um, not the biggest Lovey Smith fan as a head coach, but it, it sounds like players really love him and they really uh, embrace him and his coaching style. So if he's able to get six or six, this like uh, lack of talented roster, I think that would be a, a really good accomplishment by him um, and definitely buy him a few more years. But if this team bottoms out, it, we could see another head coach in, Texas, in Houston next year. My breakout player running back Damian Pierce, uh, as I just going to be get, getting fed touches both in the run game and I think the passing game uh, from day one. An experienced guy coming out of Florida, knows what to expect from uh, elite defenses, having played against the SEC. So watch out for him. I think he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. I was able to get him in a few fantasy drafts already, so I'm excited to kind of track his progress and, and wishful thinking that he will be that uh, breakout running back. And then two games to watch, week 13 versus the Browns, as I talked about. In the AFC North episode, the Deshaun Watson uh, return. Don't really need to say much else about that. And then Week 17 versus the Jags. I have Texans and Jags as the bottom two teams in the AFC South. That'll be a, a good opportunity, I think, for the Texans to get a win at home. But that'll do it for the AFC South podcast. We have one more in the series with the AFC West, and then I'll be doing a final episode, preseason episode before we get into NFL Big Five games of the week where I'll do my entire playoff bracket, culminating all these division previews as well as wildcard teams, and then giving out my awards, my MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie, Rookie, and then maybe a few like statistical leaders as well, maybe if you want to throw some bets in on those guys. But that'll be it for this episode of the Beef Up Front Podcast on PickSwap Media. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, and we will talk soon.